Doing what you love is the cornerstone of having abundance in your life. This quote from one of my favorite teachers, the late Wayne Dyer. So let me ask you this, are you doing what you love? Are you surrounding yourself with people who love what they are doing as well and support you in what you are doing? Remember, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, Jim Rohn. The people we surround ourselves with makes all the difference in the world. Are they supporting your big leap? We're committed to keeping you in a safe place, preventing you from doing your big work in the world as a messenger. We're all messengers on this earth, and I feel should share our wisdom and leave a legacy. It is also important to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. I'm sure you've heard something like this many times. I simply want to remind you that it is crucial to building your empire so you can leave a legacy. You can't give away what you don't have. Now, it sounds ridiculous, okay? But it's more than what meets the ear as you hear this. You can't give away what you don't have. People who are not good at giving away love can't give away love because they don't have it to give away. Here, Wayne Dyer shares more on this simple truth. We must fill up our own cup so that it can run over to others. One of the best ways to create all that you want in life is a very simple thing, meditation. Researchers have known for decades that meditation can improve someone's physical and mental health. It can relieve stress, lower blood pressure, and lift someone's mood. But only in the last 10 years have neuroscientists taken a serious look at the changes in brain structure underlying some of meditation's benefits. Like everything else we do, meditation rewires our neural circuits, pruning away the least used connections and strengthening the ones we exercise most. Here, Scientific American shares a peek into how meditation can change our experience. Do you meditate? If not, why not? It is proven to provide incredible support on many levels and can help put you in a state of abundance. This is where we attract more of what we want in our lives. Here is a short summary of what was shared above. Listen to each of them closely. Do what you love. Spend time around supportive people. Fill your cup up first so it can run over. Focus on leaving a legacy and regular meditation. With all these pieces in play, you'll have a chance of creating what you truly desire. Check in with each of these. Really check in and see if any of them are out of alignment. Where could you be more mindful and focus more of your efforts on any or all of these? I promise you it will be worth it. And again, I'm talking to myself here as much as I'm sharing it with you. Another powerful quote here from Wayne Dyer. Abundance is not something we acquire. It is something we tune into. Tuning into the frequency of abundance is much easier when we are full of love, full of life, and full of support. How many people do you know that are walking zombies, stuck doing things they should have pivoted from many years ago? Staying because it is certain for them, please, I beg you, do not be another one of these people. Step up now and say yes to your future. Starting out my entrepreneur endeavors at the ripe age of 19, I get what it feels like to be young and hungry, wanting to stake my claim in the world. Maybe you started young yourself or wanted to, but took a more traditional route, high school to college to day job to you fill in the blank. Well, now what? Is your current situation serving you? If not, will you leap into something that is? And if so, when? 
I remember being 19 and working as an apprentice electrician. I despise this job. Waking up at 5 or 6 a.m., driving up to two hours to a job site, then slaving away for eight plus hours on my hands and knees, crawling around in attics and basements, dirt, mud, fiberglass insulation. What a flipping nightmare. What was important during this time was a dirt bike loaded up in the back of my pickup truck that I rode right after work. It had my heart and said dirt bike threw me to the ground during a race on a Sunday, smashing my collarbone and sending me to the ER. This right here was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, this moment of massive pain, sticking my collarbone out of my skin that got me to take the leap and never look back. As soon as that sucker healed, I was head first into creating my own destiny on my terms. And the pain was worth it, every bit of it. But here's the rub. I pray you never have to experience this much pain to finally take the leap. But for some of you, maybe many of you, you will. Welcome to the Face Your Dragon podcast, where we help you, a messenger with a mission, leverage your fear to amplify your voice in the world. On the show, we open up the concept that what you are most afraid of and most resisting are the very things that will set you free. With courage, with clarity, with contribution, you can have it all. This show will engage in deep, enriching conversation with thought leaders, best-selling authors, celebrities, athletes, icons, and regular Joes who have faced their fear and are now using it to create impact in the world. I'm Brad Axelrad, and I'll be your host. The younger generation of entrepreneurs is hungry and impressive. They just seem to have a sense about tech that us old dogs do not. Not that I'm old, but as I write this, I'm the ripe age of 44. And there is a difference between my generation and the younger, more tech and social savvy bunch. Today's guest, Ash Kumra, is an award-winning entrepreneur, author, speaker, and talk show host recognized twice by the White House as an entrepreneur making an impact. He is currently helping run Youngry, a global entrepreneur media company whose mission is to transform every early stage entrepreneur, young and experienced, hungry and ambition, to be successful. Listen in as this wise soul shares what dragons it takes to face to create a company in this day and age. Ash Kumra, it's great to have you on the Face Your Dragon podcast, brother. How are you? Brother, I'm doing so good. I'm such a fan. Normally, we all get asked to be on things, but this was a show where I asked to be on it, and I appreciate you taking my request. I really appreciate it, man. I remember being on your podcast a couple years ago, so it's great to return the favor. What is present for you in the world today? You know, you're doing some neat stuff with Youngry. I know you're you're helping young entrepreneurs kind of face their fear and live their passion. Tell, tell me more about how that shows up for you in your life as, as both leading the community, what fears you face and what fears you've ha- helped others face. Yeah, well, that's a great way of explaining it. Youngry is a culmination of everything that I've done both professionally and spiritually for the last, I'd say, five to 10 years. Like you, I've done different areas of entrepreneurship. I've written books. I've done speaking. I've been a co-founder in other companies. And I realized that I was doing things more so on just my own impact. And I realized that like, if I can leave a legacy, what would I really be remembered for? And could it be something that could go beyond me, being needed to be connected to me? 
And then I, and then the words mentorship and masterminds and just really cool inspirational kind of content all came to me in different meditations. And even when I was doing my own kind of vision boarding and stuff of that sort. And, you know, serendipitously a year ago, I met a business partner who literally came a day or two after these meditations I had. And he said, Hey, like, I have this idea. Why don't we create a new kind of content company that could help the when we call young and hungry, it's not young and like 18 years old, young in your, young in your experience, but you're hungry and ambition to like be a change agent. Beautiful. So what, uh, you know, everybody faces fears. I've been an entrepreneur for the better part of 20 years. Plus, I know you've got almost, like you said, almost 10 years in it. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face a lot of stuff. You know, people ask me, how do you help people face your dragon? What's the process you use? And I say, I help them start a business. <laughs> that's, that's my response. That's my process. Because when we start a business, there's massive stuff that comes up. So what have you noticed with a lot of these young entrepreneurs or, or young, uh, new to entrepreneurship? What have, you, what have you noticed? What I've noticed with them, and I, and I had done this in the past, is holding on to things longer than you need to. You got to be, you got to move fast and you got to, if things aren't working, if it's not that, you know, that Mark Manson FES moment or FES feeling, then you got to just move forward and do things. I think for me, I don't believe in failures anymore, but if I had to say anything, which was a lesson, which is what I call failures, my lessons that I have learned were always in situations where I tried to make something work when everything inherently wasn't working with it. But for some reason, I would go against my own beliefs and try to make it work. I bring this up because a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, I think you can't be obsessed with trying to make one way work. You got to learn from the lesson and then change it. Great example is, I mean, we were talking offline about this mobile lifestyle. I mean, you are the epitome of the lifestyle entrepreneur, in my opinion. And one of the reasons why you and others are doing well is because of products like Airbnb. Airbnb wasn't originally what it is right now. They had to make changes. They saw the lessons learned and then they made it into this amazing lifestyle platform. So that's an example of when you just get over your, you know, the hurdles and move fast and change if needed. It's a really good point, man. I mean, how many times I've, I've held on to things longer than I should. I've ridden the Titanic down and submarine that bastard and just regretted it all along. And what would you say a lot of the, the fears that they, I'm going to keep hitting you over the head with this one, because we've talked about how, how uh, we hold on to things and how, how we should pivot. But what are the fears that you've had to face? What are some of the biggest dragons you've had to face? The biggest dragon is for me, I would say trying to take other people's problems and believing I can fix it. That is something that I've had to overcome. I one day realized that people's problems are their own problems. And for me, I got to focus on me. I got to love myself and not try to help both myself and other people. The reason when I mentioned to you that I've been in past experiences where, you know, I let I stayed on board things longer or these lessons learned is because often it was on the other side of the coin where they weren't handling their own. And I was trying to help them and give so much to them. But because these were things that are outside of my control, it never worked out. And so my fear was letting go of that saying, oh, well, if I don't help them, then like it's never going to work. I'm going to go help them. But when I realized this, I'm able to move forward and realize that everyone has their own responsibilities to create the future and be accountable. Certainly there, we speak a lot about responsibility here and also on the Ariel Ford episode where uh, we talked a little bit about 
love addiction and codependency. We do that. There's that the, the codependency triangle or triad of uh, hero or savior. That's the same one. And then victim and then perpetrator. And we bounce between those three. But you bring up such a good point or I should say people with codependency bounce between those three. And I've certainly been exploring that in the recent months, finding where I've been caught in those cycles. And it's really an interesting place trying to help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. Is that kind of what you're saying? You know, dragging someone across the finish line kind of stuff? Yes, exactly. And this is so important for um, your business and your co-founders and other people that are integral to the business because they have to be at the same level of, self-love and same that I can change and I'm going to be fearless and that I'm not going to let my dragons get to me. If you have a situation where you have partners or integral people who are not at that same level as you, there's no way the business is going to work. And I had to learn that many times in the past. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to build Youngry because foundationally, if early stage entrepreneurs and creators can get meaningful mentorship stories and access to events and other kinds of things where people like myself and you and others have been there and done that can share their journey, then our future will be fixed. You've created a place for individuals to, yeah, to, to sort of prevent the, the pain that we've all had to go through. It's beautiful. What have you noticed in a lot of startups? Is there, is there a pattern or a trend of failures, regular failures? You know, is it not enough money? They don't raise enough cash. They don't build the team quickly. They don't execute fast yeah. enough. What, what is it? It comes down to two things, Brad. It's having a scarcity mentality or having an abundance mentality. Any time when you learn from the lesson and you have to make a change, um, I have seen it's always because you feel that there's a lack. Now, lack can be many things. Lack can be there's not enough money in the bank. So let's think about that. If you don't have money in the bank, then you're not going to act with a clear head. You are going to act on a sign of desperation. You might change the business or do deals just to pay the bills, which is fine. you got to keep the lights on. Another feeling of lack is you feel intimidated by what you call competition. I think that's BS because competition is outside energy and outside things that have nothing to do with you. The best way to win or be successful or achieve your dreams is to be the best version of yourself. Often you see this in the best leaders or athletes, whether it's Jordan or LeBron or Kobe or Steve Jobs. They, be, they were the best version of themselves and that's why the competition, whether it's bigger or not there, was there. And then lastly, I think the other type of lack is lack of self-love. I really feel that more entrepreneurs on the earlier side can spend more time on the basics, meditation, eating well, traveling, seeing culture, like listening to podcasts, things of that sort. You got to be in your business all, all in, but all in also means getting creative inspiration and taking care of yourself. So I feel that that, self, that lack is the number one reason why a company, regardless of what industry, regardless of what stage, regardless if they're a startup or they're a small business or they're consultancy, whatever, goes and has to make a change or shuts down. I know that you're a White House, uh, you're recognized by the White House twice yeah. for something. What was that about? Yeah, yeah. And I'm very humbled by it. For me, that was like a great opportunity to show some stuff. So in another lifetime, literally another lifetime, I was doing work in the entertainment world, specifically marketing 
and promoting independent cinema from Asia, India, and sub in the areas around it. And I was working with a lot of filmmakers, like people who I helped with help market Slumdog Millionaire before it became mainstream. Like studios were asking our agency to say, hey, like you understand the ethnic marketing, we have this film, use YouTube and social to promote it. And you're the token Indian guy we know. I mean, it was literally, that's how they talked, it was hilarious. And, and these types of projects not only showed new kinds of art to regular consumers like you and I who live out here in America, but it also exposed the American dream where we were promoting all these, um, you know, forms of art and forms of media um, from areas that don't necessarily have these opportunities like we have here. Like we have such a big promotional machine for films and arts, but it's not like that often in other places in the world, like India and whatnot. So the White House at the same time created an initiative where called Impact, where they were looking for, I believe it was 100 entrepreneurs at the time that were 30 under 30 or under 30 years old. And they said, these are people that are making, that are representing America and making an impact in America. And so uh, someone who I work with just as a professional like collaborator was involved in group and he nominated me and they picked me and I got to go to the White House the first time. And then subsequently, about a year or two later, they had an Asian American awards case where uh, they honored various Asian Americans who are making an impact for the economy. So that's how I got a second recognition from them. So cool, man. I mean, what from your perspective, what do you what do you see the political climate is doing for entrepreneurship? You know, I mean, this isn't a political show by any means. I don't want to dive too deep into it. But have you noticed a shift in the marketplace pre-election, during the election, post-election? Meaning, is there is capital dried up? Has capital gotten easier to acquire? Have you noticed anything in the startup space there? Yeah, actually, I have. And, I, and, and, and actually, given this, whether it's good or bad, we have the most, we have the most unique president that's ever lived and right now. And, 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 and you can say it's a bad thing or a good thing, but it's the most unique situation. <laughs> it really so, is. It's, I mean, it's something, man. It's something. It, it, it is. It is. To some, it's a reality show. To some, it's hey, we needed this to happen. And so, um, I'm I'm going to respectfully see both sides when I give you this answer. Right now, I I'm a idealist, and I look at the positive as much as I can. And I could say the positives that's happening from this election that's waking up a lot of people. Like you are seeing more businessmen and women and entrepreneurs who are like, hey, you know what? This is not cool. I want to make a change. And so you're seeing a lot more vocalness and action-orientated stuff out there, especially on social media. And why I bring this up is because it's actually going to create more entrepreneurship opportunities. I'll give you an example. Like there are, if someone wants to create a more efficient way to do petitions or to fund these political groups that are either for or against initiatives, there is such an opportunity to do that. And people will virally share it and get on board it on a passionate way. I always believe that a movement is, which is the old, which is the best flattery for a business, is when your audience is like your best salesperson and they're promoting this as if they're an owner of the business. And you're going to see this, there's this new social impact movement that's happening where like causes, whether it's education or health insurance or women's rights or even immigration, all these causes are going to create new movement-based entrepreneurial ideas that will come out and just really impact our society, whether for good or for worse. The other thing, too, on a personal end is you are now seeing people view you as, well, if you support this kind of person, I can't really work with you or I can't even date you or you know all those kinds of things. And at first, I'll be honest, that kind of peeved me because I'm like, 
why is my personal views affect the way you should do business? But then I realized that you should look at a person not just on how their business views are, but you should also look on how their personal views are because of they're supporting, let's say, a healthcare bill and it totally doesn't help a certain type of person and you're that type of person, then how could you trust them? So I actually understand that now. So I guess this political thing has opened up more transparency on where people think. It certainly stirred things up enough to create opportunity, which is uh, always a good thing. I love the possibility of riding the social movements that are happening. There's definitely opportunity there. And, uh, you know, with all the social media that we have access to, it just literally creates the platforms for free, the virility of things. I mean, you nailed it, man. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome what we've got at our fingertips. And it's getting more people acutely aware of what's actually happening. You know, that's, that's the big thing. Back in the day, it's like if you weren't watching news or reading a paper, you didn't know. Everyone's glued to Facebook. So they're, they're constantly being barraged, hopefully, with, with factual information. But uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of, you know, dummy uh, clickbait kind of uh, websites out there that are pumping out a lot of news. It's, it's really a shame that, that that happens too, both good or bad. Meaning, you know, you hear Trump say, ah, oh, fake news, all this fake news. And, and he's right in one regard. There's absolutely a lot of fake crap out there. What he's referencing is, <laughs> I think, anytime someone calls him out, he calls it fake news. But that's a little different than what I'm talking about. Clickbait. Um, you know, Facebook, I heard, is actually going to start cracking down, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, so so let's shift gears here. What do you recommend people do to uh, get in action as an entrepreneur? You know, there's lots of blocks and dragons. Like, what do you do to, to stay inspired and to, to stay in tune moving forward? Oh, my God. That's such a broad question, and I mean that in a complimentary way because there's so many things I would say. I will leave with this tenant, okay? And this is something else I've learned. If you had to ask me what is something else besides the uh, scarcity factor that can make or break your business, I would say make sure you're doing a business for a passion, not a trend. Because when you're doing a business for a trend, and I always use this analogy, let's say, uh, it's funny, you and I were talking about RVs earlier. Let's say I told you, hey, Brad, I'm going to create an RV social network. And you're like, why? Well, if you look at the average consumer who buys an RV, they make X amount of money. Let's just say high six figures they have in savings. And you know, there's this market of 5 million RV people who don't use Facebook as their primary tool. And there's an opportunity to put lots of ads. But I don't even drive an RV. I just see the market opportunity. The, the issue with that is that the moment the business goes through a hurdle, whether let's say lack of users or there's lack of advertisers or I'm not able to get enough RVs or enough whatever customers aren't happening, I'm going to trip out and I'll probably fold the business or I'll just do something drastic to the business because that's the scarcity factor because I'm not seeing any true abundance or happiness coming from the business. But if I'm doing the RV social network because I'm passionate about RVs, I grew up in RVs, I rented an RV or I've owned an RV, and I'm doing it for the cause to create a movement to empower RV owners, it doesn't matter day to day if the business goes through ups and downs, I will find a way to make it work along a certain reasonable time. That's the biggest thing you have to do a business for. Like with Youngry, I have had some, we've had some changes in our business where, okay, do we, do we do ad sponsors? Do we do e-com? Do we do, you know, do we do this type of content, that type of content? We've been able to sustain ourselves 
and make money because we stay the long course. And when you're a passion-based business, you stay longer. And it's kind of interesting, but if you look at the fundamentals of like a Warren Buffett or like these long-term view type of investors and other really successful people, they always say that the longer your business is, is sustaining itself, the more likely it will be successful. And that's and when you're doing something, your passion you love, it will happen inherently more likely, I believe. It's a really good point. So we've got to remove the fears of the dragons that keep us stuck doing something we don't like doing because a lot of people are sort of glued to a current circumstance or business or relationship because they're afraid to leap from it. They're in that zone of excellence or zone of competence as Gay Hendricks talks about. That's uh, familiar. It's safe. I love the way Bob Proctor puts it. When uh, folks hit their terror barrier, they'll go right back into bondage because they think it's safe there. So it's interesting to hear your point. You know, a lot of folks stay put in something they shouldn't be doing. And then a lot of folks, I think, will bail too early, right? Uh, but it's interesting that, you know, if we started off this conversation by saying it's important to pivot. While I agree it's important to pivot, it's super important, like you said, to stay in it for the long haul, man. I, I have seen so many people spin around and jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and they just never penetrate the marketplace long enough to actually create the tipping point that will get them to where they want to go. So I, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and you know what? I really want to make sure I'm answering the question about the dragon. You know, what are the dragons that can inter interfere with your your level of success and happiness? And I really feel if if you're asking me on the entrepreneur side, like what's hurting entrepreneurship or what's not empowering early stage entrepreneurs to grow, the younger audience to grow. And I've and I've seen this. We just so you know, we publish anywhere from five to 10 pieces of content a day. We've had over 200 contributors, which also includes influencers and other types of people that have given us content, whether it's an article or a Facebook live videos or participating in our events. And honestly, the one thing that I can say that all of them have said is believe in your dream and don't feel like there's lack, feel like you're abundant. And that lack is that dragon that can come out and just throw all this stuff at you, like lack of cash flow, lack of purpose, doing things on, you know, worrying about what other people think or staying on a type of business because you feel bad for the other founders. These are all like the fires that come out of the dragon. And if you, you can abolish this dragon with the abundance knighted shield that just says, no, I am successful, I am happy, I am doing this to make a purpose. And that's how you can conquer this dragon. So staying in that state of trusting the outcome, scarcity creeps into all of us all the time, whether it's dating, uh, you know, dating somebody, or I mean, it's constantly there at some level and we get to uh, choose what we're gonna do with that feeling or emotion and change our state. So how do you do that, Ash, when it, when it shows up for you? Uh, what do you recommend the listeners do to pivot from that state of scarcity when it creeps in? This goes back to taking care of yourself. So I am no expert or certified coach or published author or anything on this, what I'm about to tell you, but there is something to be said about meditation and I can have the craziest days and I can do a meditation and it will fix me and not only fix me, but it will get me in a more clear state. And meditation is such a, 
I think meditation, what it can, what it is, is something that needs to be talked about because it's not just sitting still and oming your life away, which is fine for some. For me, it's walking on the beach or doing something where I'm completely present, whether it's swimming or running or doing a guided meditation or hearing a certain kind of music where I don't have to, where I can feel that state of happiness and gratitude. But if the, whatever you decide to do, whatever mindful practice or meditation practice can get you to that state of happiness, then you're reset. So allow yourself to always find a time to reset if things aren't good. You know what's great about, what's great, what's beautiful about life, Brad, is that no matter how crazy today is, you can always make it different tomorrow. No matter how stressful right now is, there's always a chance to change. Because we as humans have the ability to change our outcome and our outlook anytime, anywhere. It's just about what tools you need to do it. And so for me, it's meditation and mindful type of practices. I pray that everybody slows down in the middle of their day and takes that walk. There's something I do, the, the Promodoro method, which is, they say, I think they say 15 minutes. I'll go sometimes 20 or 30, but I'm always every 20 to 20 to 30 minutes get up, walk around, you know, granted I'm in deep in nature. I'll get up. I'll just kind of take in nature for a minute, think, and then go and sit back down. I mean, that's, that's another method I use, but I'm with you on meditation, walking meditation, guided meditation, open-eyed, closed eye, all of it, but just finding that moment to get present again. Yeah, that's, that's big. I'm curious how to, sh how to pivot specifically though from a scarcity mindset we get these negative thoughts and i know you're not an expert in shifting thoughts per se but you know negative thoughts creep up we have i forget the amount of thousands of negative thoughts every human uh, has per day it's some astronomical amount but noticing it when it when it arises and just pivoting and focusing on the end result i know your last company was a lot of uh, law of attraction gratitude that kind of stuff which is kind of my background 10ish years ago it's kind of become more consciously incompetent. But the point is this, how do we, when we notice the negative thought or scarcity creep in, I mean, is there something you do? Do you, do you just focus on gratitude, focus on the outcome, focus on, uh, you know, something else? What do you do there? You know what? It's, you actually kind of answered it. I just reset. So look, do I feel states of negativity or do I feel states of uncertainty or sometimes lack. Yeah, of course. I'm a human being and we're not we're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to always learn and evolve and grow and experience humanity for what it is. But when I feel that it's taking up more space and it's affecting me, I reset. So, like you said, the afternoon walk or for me because I'm a big foodie just eating some fat kid food or doing a meditation or running um for me I do a lot of hit sprints I do I do sprints on the beach now for like 20 minutes every morning and like it resets me and it gets me in the zone and if I need if I have a crazy day I'll do it again on the beach right after like something that's high impact that just resets you so whatever those reset exercises or mindset things or activities that you like to do just do that. That's it. And there, and what's great is that there's infinite amount of reset activities and there's no level of expertise needed to reset. It's just you doing what you feel is comfortable to get you back into that state. It's like the equivalent of cooling down from a workout, you know? I love it. I love it. So what, what's next for you in the business? You know, we've got the mindset stuff. What are you doing in business? What's exciting for you right now? Well, I appreciate that. And, um, are you, cause I love anytime I can promote uh, my business, it's, it's always fun. So Youngry is at the end of the day, one thing we're learning is that, um, we've, we've always looked at Youngry as this movement to help the young, young and hungry or what we call the Youngry nation be successful. And we've done it already in a small way with meaningful content. 
So we feel that at the moment we have inspired the younger nation and the future audiences as we grow to be inspired by the different experiences that our content shares from the mentors and other contributors. So now we ask ourselves, okay, if you're inspired, that's great. What's next? Well, as Tony Robbins would say, take max- massive action. So in order to take massive action, you need some tools or products or, or access to more premium kind of content to help you take action and say, okay, I'm inspired, but I need that extra tools or whatnot to go. This interview is being done in May. By the summertime, Youngry will be launching a monthly subscription service where we are going to offer various products, food items, uh, mentorship kind of mastermind kind of opportunities, and all these things to help you execute that vision. And we feel that this, we're calling it the Youngry box, just simple marketing that way. It's the next step, but A, allows us to monetize our brand further in a win-win way because we will use the money to grow the business. At the same time, you as a part of the Youngry Nation will now get the extra next step, which is helping you take the massive action after being inspired by our content and go further with your dreams and goals. So that's the biggest thing I'm working on right now. So my team and I are working on getting this launched over the summer. Uh, We're doing a uh, crowdfunding campaign on uh, May 25th on Indiegogo, which will be a blast because we have a lot of great partners involved. And yeah, it's going to be great. Very cool, man. So where where does everybody find you, Ash? Youngry.com? Yeah, yeah. Youngry.com. And if anyone wants to reach to me personally, it's A-S-H at Youngry.com. Ooh, I don't know if I would do that. There could be a million listeners to this. (laughs) (laughs) Just messing around. Cool, man. So so if you had one final tip for entrepreneurs, what, what would that be? Okay. Your network is your net worth, honestly. So one of the things that will also help you if you're going through some disparities or if you're going through that negative state, it's really surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And you mentioned, you know, in the past, both you and I have done work in the law of attraction space and in the self-help world. That is one thing that I've really taken from those worlds when I was doing it very actively. And when you were, of course, one of the pioneers doing it over 10 years ago is really your environment. And, and because if you're with people, men and women, romantic, uh, friendship, business partners who have that same mindset, like for me, it's this ambitious, I can overcome anything. I can be fearless. If there's a dragon, I will find a way to crush it in a positive like way that can impact me and others. Then I will be more successful. It's not a alone game. It's it's a it's it's what they call a team sport. It's it's the uh, you know using I'm a Bay Area guy like you, and I think the reason why the Warriors are so good right now is because they are truly epitomized the team sport. It's not just Curry. It's not just Durant. It's the coach. It's the six man team. It's it's all these assets that make the Warriors so great. And I feel you have to incorporate that in your life, personally, romantically, and business, where it's truly a team sport. Well said, Ash. I really, really appreciate that perspective very much. Really, really excited to hear what you're doing and knowing that you're creating a a whirlwind of powerful content to create transformation in the world. That's definitely what we're all about here. Do you have content providers on the site? I'm just curious that are, you know, helping people move through the mindset shifts and things like that. Is there the, the inner game as well and not just the outer? Yeah, it's great that you say that. So one of the advantages of being one of the two co-founders of the business is that you get to lend your vision to the brand. And one thing that I'm more of, so at least outwardly than my partner is, I'm really big into 
mindfulness and productivity. So we are starting to write more content on self-help topics, but applicable to entrepreneurs. So it's a really simple example, like meditation hacks to make you better on closing deals or why visualization is the best tool to make your, you know, make your vision happen. Certain types of food and productivity hacks. So we are, we are slowly doing that. It's definitely a soft spot for me personally. So if there is anyone who wants to do that, you guys heard my email, ashleyunger.com. I'd love to and see how we can provide you a win-win gracing us with your energy. Sounds good, Ash. Right on, brother. I'm so grateful you join us today and keep fighting the good fight and doing the good work out there. It's helping a lot. Thanks, man. Honored to be on the show again. Best of luck to everything that you're doing, man. You're doing great things for the world. Very good. Thanks a lot, man. I want to thank our guest for sharing his heart and brilliance with us. Thank you, Ash Kumra. We're all so grateful for your contribution to the world. You can find out more about Ash at youngry.com. And as we dive deeper into facing your dragon, I want to offer the opportunity for you to discover the number one hidden fear stopping you from earning what you're worth. Be sure to take the one-minute quiz at couragequiz.com. And if there's something here I mentioned that you want to review again, keep in mind we keep all the notes for you, including links to everything we've talked about today. You can find the show notes for this episode at faceyourdragon.com forward slash episode 019. And finally, I would like to invite you to subscribe and leave a five-star review for the Face Your Dragon podcast by visiting faceyourdragon.com forward slash subscribe. Be sure to share this episode with your tribe on social media if it was useful for you. We'd love that. And join our conversation in the Face Your Dragon Facebook group as we talk more about your greatest fears being the very thing that will set you free. Tune in to episode 19 because I'll be talking with my dear friend, Blaine Bartlett. Blaine is one of the most dropped in and intelligent dudes I know and husband to the amazing Cynthia Kersey, who's an Oprah guest and many other things. They co-produced the incredible Unstoppable Foundation Gala and the Unstoppable Foundation has raised many millions of dollars building over a hundred schools in Africa. Really cool. This incredible being and many more on the Face Your Dragon podcast. See you on the next show. And remember, when you face your dragon and take the leap, you will break free.